so my uh, my D and D group has officially taken over part of my restaurant. <laughs> so now you can play while you're working. I wish that would be great, but we've been Just going pop over, make your move, keep servants and tables. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, how would you like your burger? I was thinking about how I was gonna kill this troll. <laughs> so do you wanted a goblin at the gate on your burger. Yeah, wait, what? My bad. Sorry, <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. Um but the character that I'm playing in, in this one campaign is a bard. And I fucking love playing a bard. The best. Yeah, because like I am so because like the entire time that I play the this game, like anytime I give bardic inspiration, I'm trying to match the bardic inspiration to what's going on in the game. And at the same time, be thinking of songs that I can like morph and transmute into the game. That sounds like a blast. Oh my god, it's so fun. I've hit him with uh I've hit him with some shaggy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've hit him with some Jay-Z. I hit him with Kanye. <laughs> Dude, that was my biggest complaint about Witcher season two was that the bard didn't sing enough. Dude, yeah. He needs to sing. He's so good in the first would, season. Why would you take away the like literal best part of the first season like that? I know. Yeah, he, I mean the song he had was sad, but give me a good one. <laughs> well, like, just give me a song that he sings on repeat that clearly annoys the Witcher. Like that's all. Yeah, I that's all he did, and it was great. Yeah, <laughs> it was wonderful. Uh, uh, oh, so <laughs> I was telling you I had a story. Yeah, I'm helping. I'm helping this girl. She's probably she had to be close to my age maybe late twenties. And, um, you could tell like I was getting this side eye. I was like, okay, I haven't felt like this flirty thing in a while. I don't know how to react to this. Yeah. I don't do that. And, uh, I finished helping her find this book and uncoerced. I got the second weirdest compliment I've ever had while working. Okay, but before you say the second, what's the first? The first was yeah. my nails when I worked at the bank. What? A customer complimented how nice my nails were. Okay, uh, all right, let me guess. <clears throat> let me guess. The shape of your eyebrows. You were really close. She oh. is walking away with the book I gave her, and she goes, you have really nice eyelashes. Oh, God! <laughs> Oh, I was like, thank you. <laughs> Fucked away. I was like, what do I do with that? <laughs> you should have asked her that. You should have been like, what? Do you want them? You should have made her re- feel really awkward about it. No, that would be mean. That's poor customer service. That really is poor customer service. Welcome, <laughs> kiddos. How's it going? Our stories for the night. (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the eve of World War III. (laughs) As Lewistown has decided. Yeah, as as everybody in my my neck of the woods has already hopped on the bandwagon. You know, they want to go kill some Ruskies, even though I know that at the first sign of a Russian, they would fucking crumble to their knees and die crying 
I'm honestly thinking of every person I met when I visited you, both both two or three times or whatever, two or three yeah. times. And I'm like, maybe one of them would be like Lance would probably be badass. <laughs> Lance, I could see these. Lance. I could see Lance being like a secret badass during a war, but and everyone else wild. toast. He would be like a wild card. Yeah, he, he could work. Yeah, a little physical description for anybody out there. Lance is the skinny dude who's like five foot two, maybe. And he's like the hairiest person you've ever met in your life. He's great. <laughs> How are you doing this week, Patrick? Oh, man, I'm excited. I haven't been away from Indiana in a while. As you know, I'm headed to Vegas here. Yeah, the next day here. So looking your forward first, to getting your away. first uh, adventure in the city of sin, as it were. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. How about you? What have you been up to? I'm not going to Vegas. I would love to be going to Vegas. Vegas <laughs> sounds like a great time. Uh, not I, I haven't been up to too much, but I what I have been up to is going through. Tom King's Strange Adventures, which will be our topic today on the Two Bears Books. Yeah, buddy. Two Bears Book Club. Absolutely. Uh, What a a weird adventure this is. Tom King has a weird way of, of, of doing comics that I think is more modern in a way than some of the other comics that you've read. Yeah, no, that's a fair thing to say. Um, I'm used to, so most of the ones you've ever had me read are, they're excellent, but they are, I would say your normal story pattern, right? Right. You know, it's kind of what you expect. The timeline, if it does deviate from what's currently happening, it's very obvious what's happening. It lets it be known that you're traveling to another time or when they're telling their stories, it's extremely clear. This one is done a little differently. Yeah. It, it leads you to uh, put the pieces together yourself, which makes it a very, to me, at least a a very interactive uh, narrative. You want to, you want to uh, give the listeners a brief overview about what this is about? Yeah. So, um, for one, I want to just, for people that don't know it in my life, I'm just going to brag like, oh, I have a signed copy of, you know, Adam Strange's memoir. Do you have a signed copy? <laughs> <laughs> You've never, hold up, hold up, hold up. You've never read Strange Adventures? <laughs> you've got to know who adam strange is um uh, like that's one thing i want to start doing now and just going around and telling people that uh, but essentially our hero slash anti-hero adam strange um i it felt very much like the boys in a way only a way. you saw the good side of things though whereas in the boys they pretty much were like this guy's a dick yeah um and <clears throat> he writes his own memoir he has saved a planet that he and he 
inhabited for a while. Um, so he's a human helping out the aliens, essentially. And there's some mystery around whether he actually did something good or if there was a big cover-up that occurred. Um, his lovely wife is constantly trying to help him. And that, um, that's the thing, like, you, you are led to believe that there is a, a, a major cover-up. And yeah. within epi- within issue two, yeah, you know it starts that early with what's really going on here. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then you're introduced to essentially, I guess he's a private investigator. I'll Mr. tell you more about him. Perfect. I'll tell you more about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. I'd assume he's some kind of private investigator that's interplanetary and sure you know, type of type of deal. But at the same time, it ropes in some of your favorites, right? Your Batmans, your... I love the Catmans in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're used in a very smart way. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And it almost, like, for me, this felt like... How do I... I'm trying to think the best way to word it. So the I think the best way I have is it almost feels like a bridge between like some multiverse that DC has done to the next multiverse type of deal. So yeah, you're you're not wrong in kind of that assessment. So you will see in the top left corner. <coughs> Of the dust jacket, mm-hmm. right? The dust. Ja- First of all, the cover of this dust jacket is incredible. I think. Oh, it's awesome! Yeah, yeah. Great. It has this uh, uh, half <laughs> image of uh, Adam Strange. The right half is the cover of his memoir, which is also titled Strange Adventures. But then the 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 left half has his face darkened out. It has the beginning of Stranger Danger written on it. It has war space liar uh, on the on the helmet, but at the top left you'll see this little thing that says DC Black Label. Yeah, and DC Black Label uh, the the first official release of DC Black Label was Sean Murphy's uh, White Knight series with Batman, and what this is is it's a version of of the DC universe that has a different continuity than the main DC universe. So anything that you see that has a black label on it exists in its own world. Therefore, it can kind of live without having to worry about all of this continuity that most of these characters have had for decades. Smart move. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a lot of pressure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But also, it's still a lot of pressure to make sure that these characters are still familiar enough to to readers like me. And also still uh, relatable enough to new readers like you. Yeah. No, for sure. I think think that's one of the things that his character in particular does, that it, it helps a new reader get in with a new character. Yeah. And it's impossible to talk about this book without mentioning uh, the names of this book. Mainly the writer of the script, Tom King. 
Tom King uh, is the fucking man, dude. Uh, he has been at the forefront of modern comic books for his modern adaptations of various characters, starting with Marvel's The Vision, and eventually he would move over to DC. A few years ago, he penned something called Mr. Miracle. After doing a 80-issue run on Batman, he penned this issue, these issues called Mr. Miracle, which took the comic world by storm. People saying that it, it, in 20 years, we're going to look at Mr. Miracle in the same light that we see Watchmen and how it brings comic books to the modern world. Crazy. Yeah. He's also the author of The Sheriff of Babylon, which has autobiographical elements because after 9-11 in 2001 uh he signed up for the military he would actually end up working for the cia and counter terrorism for himself tom king yeah 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 and after retiring from the military is whenever he decided to get back into comics he penned a novel called a once crowded sky and then would get in a work with Marvel. And now he's been doing this DC thing for a while. The great thing about doing this uh, black label thing. And this is something that, that we see from Tom King a lot now. Is that he takes these lesser known characters. And puts them into, like I said, a modern storytelling, modern context. No, Adam Strange, even though he does populate the DC universe, is not widely used very much. You know, Mr. Mary. So I remember you telling me, so like would that be an equivalent to how they're talking about the Gambit character right now in Marvel? I would say he's somebody even less known than Gambit. Oh, geez. Yeah. Okay. He's like psycho- I didn't know who that was until we talked about it that time. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Fair enough. Yeah, it, it, he and, and he loves doing this. And I think the reason why he chooses these lesser known characters is because whenever he can discuss to the editorial team what he wants to do with them, uh, there's not so much backlash. <laughs> that, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, nobody's there being like, well, Superman wouldn't really do that. But if he brings in Adam Strange, who nobody fucking knows or reads, <laughs> they're like, that sounds pretty great, actually. That's true, yeah. Smart <laughs> yeah. move. <laughs> of course, this book is, is centered around uh, the titular character, uh, Adam Strange. Uh, Adam Strange debuted in November 1958. Now, this is whenever DC was doing something called Showcases, which is a thicker issue of a comic, but it might have three or four, like, ten-page storylines. Okay. Instead of having, like, a full story that lasts the entire issue, these are, like, bite-sized stories. And if, you know, a particular character seemed to be popular with the fandom of, of that issue, then they would run with it. Smart move. And that's how this character uh, started by Julia Schwartz and Murphy Anderson. The original story of, of Adam strange is that he is a archeologist 
working in Peru where he gets taken away by his Zeta beam uh, to the planet Ran, where he just has like random adventures. At this point, there's not like a, 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 a great galactic war that Ran is in. He's just like a random ass dude. Yeah. Who's trying to survive on the planet, right? Later on, certain elements of the story will, would be developed, right? Alan Moore would actually write a couple issues of Adam Strange. Yes, that Alan Moore, the same one that wrote V for Vendetta and Watchmen, uh-huh. um, he would take over. And during his uh, run of the series, we see a couple more elements start filling in. Right around this time, it's revealed in at Rand that Rand has been decimated so much by their nuclear testing that all Ranian males are sterile. And so I don't remember that being mentioned because it isn't in this. Once again, remember, okay, Okay. this exists in its own continuity. However, on a reread that I was having, I was specifically looking for Rainian children besides Alina, and I didn't see any. Yeah, you know, of course, correlation does not equal causation, but I thought that was an interesting detail. Yeah. We also start to understand more about the Zeta Beam. It's all comic bullshit, which is fine. You know, it's always going to be comic bullshit. And in the 90s, we actually see that uh, the Ranians don't actually trust the Outer Worlder. They don't actually trust Adam Strange. And of course, this is supposed to be in the 90s. Everything's supposed to be edgy and Everybody's supposed to have the, this is the attempt to make Adam Strange more uh, gritty, which was a common thread at that time in the comics world. So just in general, like not just him. Yeah, this is whenever we see like Wolverine really start to be a Mm. badass in in Japan during the, uh, during that. So this is whenever we see, daredevil the man with no fear come out which was big into like rebuilding daredevil's credibility spawn a dude whose like whole thing is that he controls fire has chain whips and is like a ripped dude (laughs) you know ghost rider becomes popular again but he's a flaming skull who wears a jacket with spikes and rides a flaming motorcycle you know like the 90s was a weird fucking time for deadpool comes out in the 90s oh yeah you know part of the x-force and the x-force is supposed to be like a more uh late teenager uh quote unquote mature version of the x-men you know okay and this it's some weird stories going on at that time with adam strange and ever since then i think that dc realized that if you're gonna bet your dogs on on all your money on one dog adam strange is not it yeah you know it seems like they made the right decision yeah yeah i mean whenever you know if you have to focus on adam strange or wonder woman you go with wonder woman wonder woman is the proven commodity yeah right absolutely of course we have the other side of of this coin which and I'll be completely honest. 
is a character that I've had almost no knowledge of. I see him in the background of some things. I know who he is just by like comic osmosis. But it's Mr. Terrific, this Michael Holt, who ends up becoming, I would argue, the actual protagonist of the story. <clears throat> Agreed. Yes. <laughs> now, yeah, Adam Strange is, turns into more the background character. I would say, yeah. As time goes. Yeah, and eventually even the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this Michael, this, uh, this uh, Mr. Terrific was created by John Ostrander and Tom Mandrake, debuting in June 1997 with Spectre issue 54. His real name is Michael Holt. Uh, in the DC universe, Michael Holt is the third smartest man in the world. Interesting choice. Can you can you guess the other two? <laughs> in the in the DC universe? Yeah. Uh I'd, I'd probably make Lex Luthor one of them. Right, that's number two. Number two. Oh God, I, I can't. I don't know that I can tell you another one. Batman. Smartest? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's it's common knowledge <laughs> in the DC universe that Batman is the smartest man on the planet. I have watched lots of Batman things. Never once gotten that vibe. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. Maybe you know what? Maybe it's because I've watched most of like the more popular ones, and he's more of like beat your ass Batman. Yeah. Then. Then like plotting and planning Batman. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this man, Michael Holt, who would become Mister Terrific, is the third smartest person in the DC universe. He holds eighteen different PhDs uh, in the universe. And is pretty much constantly challenging himself to become smarter. He ends up designing these, what they're called T-spheres, which mm -hmm. are the three, these three singular little spheres. They have a big T at the front of them that pretty much just float around him and quiz him all day on, on different random stuff. Um, there's some question whether or not they have their own artificial intelligence on there. Cause every now and then he's like, ah, they're curious. Don't worry about them. They're just searching around for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did enjoy that part of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, I, I really enjoy his, his backstory. Um, once again, it is, it's, it's hinted at in this, uh, but traditionally, uh, Michael Holt gets into an argument with his religious wife over the importance of religion and having religion being a child's life. You know, she has, she's pregnant. They're about to have their first kid. They get into a heated argument and makes her late for church. And she gets uh, hit on the way to church. Oh, that's a rough one. Yeah. So Mr. Terrific feels great grief over this. Uh goes and does a, a little bit of hero work but then ends up uh meeting up with some of the justice league who tell him about the original mr terrific that's right this is mr terrific too <laughs> who had to be nuts <laughs> 
<laughs> the original Mr. Just Terrific. when you think you know. Yeah! <laughs> the original Mr. Terrific doesn't matter to this universe at all, so we won't talk about him. Uh, yeah, I figured. Yeah, but pretty much, you know, he he appreciates the original Mr. Terrific's uh, mission going out there, and especially his belief in fair play. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea that no matter what happens, nobody can really be blamed for anything because all actions are fair play in this universe. Yeah, I, I get that vibe in this particular read. Yes, absolutely. Uh, even the brutal stuff, it's like, oh, you did all of this, so you've earned that. Well, and that's the thing. Like, <laughs> We'll talk about it later on, but I don't think that Mr. Terrific condemns uh, Adam Strange for the same reason that the Justice League does. Because mm-hmm. he does believe in that fair play. But there's yeah. a certain act- action that Adam Strange takes in his fair play that Mr. Terrific does not see as fair. <laughs> the ominous music. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No. That's, that's the Godzilla theme. Yeah. So let's get into it. I was really upset we didn't get a chance to do our harvest this week. Oh my god. I had some crazy thoughts this time around. Yeah, I me too, bro. We'll get back to this, but yeah. I'm excited for when we get to talk about them. Me too. I was just (laughs) telling my I was just telling some friends at work about it. Because I think one of these movies was not the answer. (laughs) (laughs) And I know it wasn't mine. (laughs) My God. So Adam Strange uh, in Strange Adventures, it opens up once again, brand new continuity. Right? Yeah. Uh, We see him at a book signing uh, where a crazed person goes up and alerts him that he knows what really happened on Rand. That dude is later on found dead and there's plenty of speculation that because the murder looks like it was done with a futuristic laser weapon, one that Adam Strange, as far as we know, is the only person on planet Earth to have. He's obviously yeah, no, number one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah so he goes to the world's greatest detective the world's smartest man batman and says you need to investigate me and batman knows that he's too close to this you know they're friends and he says i can't investigate you we've worked too close my my report would not be unbiased i I personally loved that. So just for real life examples, right? There um, there have been so many cases in sports recently of like, oh, this sexual abuse happened in the office, blah, blah, blah. This CEO did this. But what do they do, right? They do their own internal investigation. Right. And surprise, surprise, nothing comes up. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and and how strange is it that everybody's always innocent? <laughs> yeah. Like they don't want to tattle on themselves. Yeah. 
And why would you? If you're, if I am yeah. investigating myself, I am not incriminating myself. Why would anybody? Do that? Yeah. So this that was a cool uh, that was a cool little interaction. And in response, for sure. Uh, later on, uh, he instead sends this Mister Terrific, mm-hmm. who I, Patrick, I gotta get me one of those terrific jackets. No, it's great. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. What a great jacket. <laughs> has fair play down out the outside of both arms and the name terrific right in the middle on the back. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed when his picture popped up. Yeah, he's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> and I think that the well, I, the introduction of Mr. Terrific in issue number two is absolutely essential this is how we're going to understand this character you know every answer he's giving them is they're responding with correct and this this includes random trivia historical notes chess games math problems you know they're asking him one panel and in the next panel he's answering immediately and their response to him is constantly correct Yep. And um, I know you loved it, but like some of the parts where it was like quotes from philosophers and stuff and they'd have the deep conversations together. Uh, Like I I was reading that and I said, that's all Chuck Bear there. He's loving that. You know it, dude. You know I'm here for this historical shit. (laughs) Yeah. You know I'm here for it. You know I read each what each bubble like four times. And then you're going, okay, where does this fit into what scenes I just watched? Exactly. Or like how and, in the future, yeah. how is this affecting? Yeah, I love that shit. Love that shit. So whenever Batman comes to him later and says, You have you read the book? And he's like, Yeah, I've read it a few times. It's been one day, by the way. And he's like, Yeah, I've read it like three times. Yeah. <laughs> He says, uh, Adam Strange's daughter is still alive. And I doubt this is the only lie that he has told. Yeah. And so after having about 20 pages of of these T-drones just constantly saying correct, 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 correct. Now that's there. And so now we as the audience are being challenged to think if this space hero is the hero that he says he is, or if this Mr. Terrific can never be wrong and is never wrong, which is a hard pill to swallow because as humans, we all make mistakes. Yeah. You know, natural that, that is, I mean, that's clearly to me, the running theme of this whole thing is everyone's going to make a mistake somewhere. Yeah. Did they mean it? It reminds me of um, that line from the last episode of HBO's Chernobyl. Uh, All he says is, what are the cost of lies? Yes. Yeah. When when they're in the courtroom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that, I think, is what Adam Strange really needs to come to context here with. Mm -hmm. You know, Um. It's important to note that the very beginning, the very opening page, this book is dedicated to uh, Adam Strange's daughter. And the story is that 
while camping with his daughter, he was berated and attacked by these alien invaders called the Pickets who killed the daughter in front of him. He was able to make an escape. But once he comes back from that camping trip, he's a changed man and unleashes all-out total warfare against the Pickets. Love it. Makes Love sense. that action. Yeah. Let's get I mean, it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's a comic book. Let's get it. <laughs> um, by the way, uh, the Pickets, if you want to know the history of them, did not exist before this series. <laughs> I, I'm glad you said that because I was reading this and I'm like, this is weird. Who are these people? Yeah. Because usually you get, you know, you get a hint of lore somewhere when you're reading these types of things even if it's later you know even in 10 years later for new readers they typically put a little something in there to let you know what's happening all they tell you all they tell you is that these people are terrifying warlords and they've done this a million times but i'm learning that too for the first time but somehow adam strange beat them right like what (laughs) yeah yeah. The entire time you you're like, how did that happen? Yeah. You know, and I think that's brilliant too. Yeah. You know. Well, because you want to believe that he's a superhero when he could have done it. Right, because he's already friends with all the he's a member of the JLA. Yep. You know, he has an entire planet behind him. You know, yep. he married the princess of that planet. By the way, we haven't talked about her that much yet. Uh, we're going to get there because I know you love her. <laughs> I love her. I know you love her. I know that I'm rereading <laughs> this, rereading this the time, the like most recent time. I was like, oh my God, this is like Patrick's favorite character ever. <laughs> she's fantastic. She's, she's, is she, is she the best character in the book? I, I think it's pretty easy. You could say Mr. Terrific. I still like her because she has a relationship with both. We'll talk about it in a minute. Let's continue yeah. what we were doing. What a, we'll what a treasure it. that she is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and oh, I love her so much. Uh, Alana is everything that a wife should be. Yes. You know. A thousand percent. Yeah. Uh, and And she stands by him. Through everything, through, through all of it, yeah. even when, even when Mister Terrific's like, "Hey, I'm giving you the breadcrumbs to know that something's up." Yeah, and she still doesn't want to believe that, right? Because she, I mean, how yeah. could you? Why would you think your husband would want to put your daughter in harm's way? Well, in your uh, perception, right? Leave well, her, not you only know. that, but but. You know, this book is layered with with um, flashbacks of the war on Ran against the Pickens. Yeah. And there are things that happened during that invasion that Alana was right there with Adam Strange with. You know, Adam Strange really did unite the people of that planet. He really did win that trial by combat against those lizard people. He really did last one month in a rock cave with her. Yeah. No, he and really the, those were very cool plot lines. So so to her, this is a man who has suffered. This is a man who has fought wars. 
this is the hero of my planet. So it only makes sense that she would believe the stories that he's telling her that she's not there for because she's been there for for bad shit too. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the pages that, that I saved and I kind of marked off. Yes. They weren't even story related pages. They were just great art between her and Adam. Yeah. And, uh, and the art in this is phenomenal. Is is, is fantastic. There are two artists here. Uh, we have Mitch Gerards and Evan Doc Shaner. And the reason why there are two artists here is because one of them is constantly right, uh, uh, doing the present artistry, and one of them is doing the past artistry. Anytime gotcha. we are in the in the present, uh, we are seeing stuff illustrated by Mitch uh, Gerards. Uh, he also did Mr. Miracle with Tom King. So they have a little bit of history. Makes sense. Yeah. Evan Doc Shaner, the doc takes care of everything in the past. Um, and I think that's the, the doc's uh, work in the past is so intentional because it's so much more clear than anything that we have in the present. Yeah, I I felt like I understood the past more by the time I was done. Yeah, yeah. Um, And that's not even just the the wording and the reading of it. It was simply just clues from the images I was seeing. It's a lot more comic book-y than the art for the present. Yeah. There are thicker lines that separate characters from background. Even the way that they talk is a lot more in the past is a lot more comic booky than the modern dialogue that we have going on right now in the present. Which for, to use, you know, your word intentionally, right? That's you're showing the growth of those characters from just simply fighting a war to becoming adults and surviving all those things and growing in a odd society. Absolutely that most people would not understand. <laughs> so Batman, unsure of, of everything, he hires this Mr. Terrific. And Mr. Terrific says to remove, I need to remove you from this investigation completely, Batman, because you're too close to him, yeah. you know? And so the first thing that Mr. Terrific does is allocates Justice League of America's funds to build a personal rocket that's going to take him 25 trillion miles away to the planet Ran. So why not? So Ran uh, is 25 trillion light years away. Uh, it is a planet that is orbiting uh, Alpha, Alpha Centauri which is a real star that exists in real life. And I believe this is one of the first planets in comics that has like a specific place to it. Right? Like Superman's home, Uh, Krypton. We -hmm. don't know what star that orbits. Sinestro's home world, the main villain of the Green Lantern Corps. We don't know where his planet is. But we are told specifically that Ran is 25 trillion years uh, miles away. And that is how far Alpha Centauri is from us. How about it? And another fun fact about the Ranians. 
even though it's not mentioned in this continuity and there are various <laughs> continuities where it's also never mentioned, there are continuities where Iranians speak German. I was going to ask about that because it never really tells you what they're saying. You just have to figure it out by reading what their responses are. You're thinking of the pickets. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, the Iranians are all of their stuff come up in English. Gotcha. Uh, okay. But yeah, in, in some versions of the DC universe, German is actually like an intergalactic language. <laughs> I was taught by like spacefaring travelers to, uh, you know, early early Europe. Crazy. Yeah, nuts, right? <laughs> and I love this uh, this visit to ran by Mr. Terrific because he just kind of goes and takes over the place. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's not with him at this point, right, Alana? No, no, no. They are still on Earth. They actually think it's insulting that he wants to go to Ran and okay. investigate. Yeah. Which initially is like a huge red flag. Yeah, no, right, exactly. I'm like, Adam Strange, are you the most suspicious person I've ever met? I'm like, I- <laughs> yeah, no, but that's like most of the things that he disagrees with, you're like, you should probably go along with that. <laughs> Especially whenever Batman shows up and, and he's like, you guys asked me. <laughs> to do this you guys wanted us to investigate you yeah and now that we're doing it you guys are acting really weird (laughs) you know yeah um very very uh complex character yeah almost stupid to a point at one point and you're just like come on man (laughs) yeah yeah he's got a lot of hubris for yeah, sure absolutely he, he he's very much like um do you know who booster gold is Mm-mm. booster gold is kind of like the laughing stock of the justice league uh okay he's a security guard from like the year 2300 or something like that that steals a a past hero's like super suit and outfit and shit and travels back to modern day to be a superhero in the future And he's kind of like a complete and utter like bumbling idiot. Later on in the book, later on in the book, Adam Strange says that Booster Gold called him to ask him why he wasn't allowed to call him. (laughs) You know, which is funny in and of itself, but whenever you're like, oh my God, this is something that Booster Gold would fucking totally do because he's such an idiot. Oh my gosh. Uh, where is okay. I had a question for you. Yeah. So as far as the cultural significance of things, yeah. Through the different like the different races involved, right? Mm-hmm. You know I picked the weirdest things out because it I just bugs it. me that, that I don't understand why they exist in yeah. these worlds. Um the spoon with the cherry on it. I think that's a real sculpture in real life. Okay. All right. 
So is this maybe marking like an actual place on Earth then? Yeah, I think it's marking where uh, Mr. Terrific lives. Uh, I think it's okay. in Chicago. I don't remember the spoon with the cherry. Yeah. I feel like I would have visited that maybe. when I was there. You know how weird things are? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The bean is stupid. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why that's a big deal. It's just a gross, dirty mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Disgusting. Disgusting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that helps. There's just like small things like that that I picked out too, just wondering how it fit into the world. And that makes sense that that would mark a location for that. Um, What is... Another question. Yeah. What is uh, Mr. Terrific and Alana's relationship? Is that like a close friends thing? What you're seeing here is like the only interaction that they've ever had. And a lot of, in a Uh, lot of stories, um, Alana gets killed during childbirth. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, that would be so disappointing. I know they did such a better job with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and and to clarify, Mister Terrific isn't a uh, just like a detective. He is a reserve member of the Justice League. Okay, gotcha. He comes in on like planetary threats that they think he can specifically help out on. Okay. You know, the thing about okay, so. Him, is that he's a lot more natural at learning things than Batman uh, as proof is of how quickly he learns the language of the pickets. Yeah. Yeah. He picks that up pretty much immediately. Yeah. And I love it whenever he just goes to them and he starts speaking it to them. (laughs) (laughs) Starts speaking it to the Ranians. Oh my God. Could you imagine how fucking terrifying that would be? Oh my god. No, so I did I marked the one page where um they're talking when they're talking in the bar and he says I don't usually get things wrong. Yeah. Um interesting choice of words and where to place it yeah. in the story too. Cause you're about if I'm looking at it, I don't know, a little less than halfway. Yeah. So like it feels to me like he's kind of doubting himself in the investigation already well because he's been given a he's been given a a he's discovered something else yeah you know the initial investigation i think for mr terrific he specifically says i do not believe that adam strange's daughter is dead i don't i I doubt that that's the only lie and the lie that he has been fed is that Adam Strange is a war criminal. Yeah. You know? And so I think what he's doubting then is that maybe his daughter could have died. But that Mm -hmm. contradicts what he knows about the quote. Right. You know, and the quote that Adam Strange has for his daughter in the dedication of the book uh, says for Alina Strange, who died during war, uh, my life is spent with grief. Which 
to anybody who knows the Bible, which I do not, as well as <laughs> many people, that is a that is the red flag to Mr. Terrific to expose uh, Adam Strange as a liar. Yeah. No, that makes sense. You start out with it and everything from there becomes, oh, it'll come back to that at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and during Mr. Terrific's visit to the homeworld of Ran, uh, the pickets start invading Earth. And that is something that uh, uh, Alana and Adam have been warning the superheroes of Earth and Earth's politicians in general is that an invasion is coming. And we from Earth are not prepared for it. I mean, how could you be? Right. <laughs> Alana's That's just crazy. She spells it all out. You know, we have technology yep. that is thousands of years more advanced and we fell and crumbled quickly just like you will i fucking love 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 the speech that she gives uh to whatever it is the united nations the united states war council yep where she lays it out very plainly that you know there is there is no hope for earth she says and i'm just gonna read it because it's so so beautifully written by tom king quote i cried on my knees on the very dirt our best and brightest stood on when they swore that this invasion invasion was not extraordinary and in that looking back perhaps they were right as you also might be right. It is not extraordinary for death is not extraordinary. And if you continue upon the path you have set out today, you, all of you will meet with the most ordinary of events very soon. What a fucking thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What a thing to Did say. Did they listen? <laughs> you know, the yeah. president heard that and was like, she needs to be with us right now. Yeah. And so her and Adam are given the reins to lead the Earth's defenses against the Rani, against the invading pickets. During this time, uh, Batman is able to actually capture one and holds an interrogation. By this point, uh, Mr. Terrific has returned back to Earth. This is whenever, this is shortly after Mr. Terrific and, and Alana have their brief uh, evening together. Mm-hmm. They go on a walk, go to the bar, and pretty much just, I, I, you know, she says it. She's like, you want to get a drink and talk about dead children? <laughs> If they got something in common. <laughs> why not share it, you know? Yeah. And I think that's why Mr. Terrific bonds with Alana because to her, she did lose the child. And he and he knows that she has felt that grief. 
Yeah, regardless of what actually happened, she's never seen her kid again. Right. Yeah. But this prisoner from the pickets lets Batman know that Adam Strange is a war criminal. He killed old people. He killed children. He poisoned innocents. You know? And he did it in the name of war. Now, let it be known that during his time on Earth, during that war, he begged for help from the other heroes of Earth. Yes, he did. <laughs> he even tried to punch Superman square in the face. <laughs> this guy had some guts on him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Peacemaker? No, we have not watched it yet. <laughs> There's a scene in it where John Cena calls the Justice League a bunch of dickheads, and it is the funniest fucking thing, dude. <laughs> and it just reminds me of that. Like, he's just so mad at Superman. Like, how you gonna be mad at Superman, bro? Like, <laughs> he's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> dude in the world that's the yeah. most comforting thing about superman is that he can at any moment he could conquer planet earth yeah he just oh, chooses, he could he just chooses not to yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no so that was um my favorite part of the cover itself was actually the back after you take the sleeve off oh yeah with Lois Lane's little blurb. Yeah, what's it say? <laughs> uh, the truth really is stranger and better than fiction. <laughs> oh, good. It's she's bought Lois into Lane. it. She's bought into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She totally believes it. <laughs> yeah. She loves it. She thinks he's such a fucking hero. Um, but Batman takes this very personally that Adam Strange is, you know, committed war crimes and excommunicates him from the Justice League. An action that Adam Strange is like, that's bullshit. You know, I yeah. did what I had to do to, to keep my people alive. And Batman's response is very interesting to me to him. Where he says, we are heroes. We are examples for other people. We don't break ever superman even says the same thing he says that he endured the destruction of his planet he's the only one left if anybody knows that feeling of loss and anger it's superman but he does oh, it for break. sure you nope. know well like you said he could destroy any planet at any point if he really wanted to and he never does yet he never does Nope. <laughs> what? What? Adam what's, certainly did. If this was the real problem here, what's your take on it? Should Adam Strange Strange's uh, uh, hero status to the public be revoked? If this was happening in real life, and this information came out, how would you feel about Adam Strange? Um, that's a good question. I. It, so I'll be honest, this was a, I had a hard time separate, what separated him for me from 
the character on the boys was that he did he was a more complex character for right no but i kept coming back to that and as more information was coming out i was leaning toward that side of it of he shouldn't be a part of this he's lost the right to have any opinion he keeps making terrible decisions he's contradicting himself throughout the whole thing of like i'm I'm good but don't look too deep into it yeah <laughs> you might find something that's not good like it's and a little shifty and then that's the, little... that's the shifty part is that once they find that shit out i think he thinks scot-free yeah you know, yeah, this is going to be mm-hmm. horrible for my PR. Yeah. But they didn't find out the really bad shit that I did. And that's that's where I fall on that side of it as well, of kind of them kicking him out, because every decision he seems to be making from the beginning, by the way, because his wife is clearly helping him on his PR campaign, mm-hmm. uh, it's to make sure he's always positive as far as the public eye they don't want the negative public eye on that right Right. between batman superman all the people right so they know there's something happening that they can't have going on in their ranks and even with him being exiled he still fights with them he saves batman's life Mm -hmm. there is a hero in him yeah. But just because there is a hero in him does not make him a hero. No, and that's so that that's the other interesting thing, right? It's not even a vigilante situation. No. So you don't it's like a, a weird hybrid of a hero and you're not really the whole time you don't know how you're supposed to feel about him. Yeah. I mean um, I mean interesting. Yeah, it's it's a really I think that the dichotomy here with how you're supposed how you're presented with Adam Strange, how you how like me reading this, my feelings about him shift all the time. Cause yeah, because he he is acting suspicious, but at the same time, he is still also risking his life. Yeah, for other people. And you're like, I don't understand. All the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe it's him trying to cover all that up to like get that good press back out there or convince Batman that he is that person. Yeah, I don't know. But it's just that a, still doesn't make sense, right? Because he told Batman to stay out of it. Well, Batman voluntarily stayed Batman out of it. Batman stayed out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batman uh, stayed out of it. Mr. Yeah. Terrific is just thinking this is all a fucking act, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he he goes at it too. Whenever he's on the planet, Rand, he almost gets arrested. Uh, he full on pimp slaps Atlanta's dad. It's yeah, great. <laughs> he says, "Yeah, that's right, motherfucker. What you think fair play means?" <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I'm going to get Fair Play tattooed on me. <laughs> that would be kind of sweet. Uh, oh, 
what was so I, I also I want to jump to something else here for a minute and take a break from the story yeah. because as I'm looking back through the panels I'm reminding myself how cool the technology was that they used and the way they used it to actually fight people oh yeah it was awesome yeah, yeah like the yeah. jetpacks weren't just for jetpacks no, they had like story <laughs> like she couldn't use his jetpack because his jetpack was built specifically for him. Yeah. Like his weight, his height, the way that he maneuvers around corners. You know, that makes sense, right? Because I remember watching uh, back in the day Mythbusters. Yeah. And they're trying to make a jetpack and see if somebody could actually get off the ground. I'm pretty sure that happened in one of the episodes and it clearly was very dangerous and they shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but <laughs> like most of the shit they did on that show. Yeah. But um, that's, that's something that is typically not paid attention to, right? Like when people think of inventions like that, they're like, oh, okay, one size fits all. It's a jetpack. Anyone can jump on it. Yeah. And go. Right. That's no, not necessarily that true. Makes sense. No, that's not necessarily true. Like that's that's a detail in that that I really liked. Um, and I'm sure, given that, right, that's configured in a way where he can hold it comfortably and use it as a weapon if he needs to. Yeah, absolutely. Like so, it's it's very thought out, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. Sardoth is the smartest man on on the Rand planet. He is the father of Alana, and boy oh boy does he love Adam. <laughs> yes, you know, Dude, their whole planet. It must be so weird living there. <laughs> it's like always. It always threw me off too when they called her princess. I don't know yeah. why it was like I, I just never got that vibe from her. She never came off because as she a doesn't princess. feel like a princess. She just feels like a no. person, which I think is brilliant. Like yeah, it's because awesome. like how am I supposed to relate to a princess? <laughs> yeah, and you know, and I think that could have been the easy way out for them, right? Yeah, she's a princess. She has some abilities to fight some people and yeah she's a, she has full faith in him yeah she's a little badass herself definitely yeah but she could have been bland like that and they didn't do that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'm thankful for that because i mean we've talked about how with other things right how there's a straight character a lot of times mm-hmm. i unless you have one i did not think i couldn't pick any one character out and be like i know exactly what they're going to do here I completely agree um that never happened whenever the, the truth gets revealed to, complexity yeah whenever the truth in issue 10 gets revealed to alana mm-hmm. i legit didn't know if she was going to back adam on it or not no i didn't either um and part of me wanted her to. Well, yeah, because you want to see all possibilities. Well, I think it was, I honestly thought that she was that loyal. I think you're supposed to. Yeah. And they did a great job with that. Yeah. <laughs> and then she just loses her shit. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's. I think that issue ten is the best issue of the of the series. Uh, it is a letter that is being penned from Mr. Terrific to Alana over the current day. It's just a bunch of events happening. There's no dialogue going in in current day events. Uh, there is some in past events, though. Yeah, uh, I was really glad that that chapter happened because I thought I think it was chapter eight. Chapter chapter seven really threw me off. Yeah, uh, I believe but that's the dream thing. Right. So, so at, we'll talk about that right now because this is important yeah. for what Mr. Terrific reveals. Mm-hmm. So Adam and his wife get shot down by the pickets and they, ca- they take Adam hostage. They yep. take him to a spaceship where they do a sort of like psychedelic, uh, physical mind torture where they just keep on sending him to different realms and areas and ideas. And no matter what, he's helpless, Yeah, you know, and he's burning in some of them and he's freezing in some of them and he's drowning in others and he's exploding in others, you know, and there's somebody on that planet uh, in that, in that torture chamber that is telling him something very interesting. He's saying my planet, Thanagar, which is, no, was it Thanagar? No, it can't be because that's a whole different thing. But his planet, <laughs> uh, don't worry about Thanagar. Fuck that. I will not. <laughs> uh, that his planet was also invaded by the pickets and they were doing okay, but he got captured and tortured just like Adam is getting tortured. And the torture became so bad and so unbearable that he would do anything to stop it. And that the pickets give him the choice to stop it, and he agreed to it. We're not told what the stipulations were. Mm-mm. All we're told is that this torture is so horrible that you will do anything to stop it. Adam uh, the train seemed fine. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed great. <laughs> uh, Adam breaks his neck and somehow escapes, landing back on Ran, a changed man. Yeah. Yeah. And we are led to believe that he's changed because of this torture. He's become different. Yeah. You know, and in an attempt to. Uh, be more of an active father in his daughter's life. They go camping together, and this is where the ambush happens, uh, where Alina, their daughter, gets killed, completely obliterated in front of him. And now he comes back as the man who wants to wage Sherman-style open warfare against the pickets. It's crazy. And it makes sense. The narrative. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's motivation. He's got his motive. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mr. Mayor. Question. Yeah. For that. Right. So we talked about how Batman and Superman both had conversations with him at one point about how he handles himself. Yeah. Like, what do they do in that situation? 
do they not go and destroy everybody that killed his daughter? I believe they le- they like, do legitimately believe they would not. Yeah. Which is wild to me. Yeah. If I'm Superman and you just killed my family, if you just killed Lois in front of me. Dude, there are whole storylines where Lois gets killed in front of Superman and he just goes fucking berserk and becomes the emperor of the world. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Like, what else no would you shit. do? Yeah. Like, they how are... can you judge this man <laughs> right. for killing an entire race of people? Yeah. Uh, saving a planet. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, what a terrible guy. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you I would not do that even one for one second. <laughs> Dude, no, I totally... And that's what I was... Like, who are these dudes? Like, why... that's why he asked you like how you would feel about this if it happened in real life like would because to me i'm like yeah no shit that's what you do yeah you get them (laughs) off the fucking planet yeah nobody else has to feel that pain again especially if you know they've done it to thousands of other people and that they've been colonies and like (laughs) what this guy I know, yeah. fucking Stupid. Batman, fucking Superman, you fucking obnoxious. Dumb morals. Prince. <laughs> you know you guys would fucking turn on him. <laughs> that, however, is not Mr. Terrific's issue with him. I think that if that was true, Mr. Terrific would not see him as a war criminal. No. Of course not. But Mr. Terrific knows that something isn't right here. Yeah. And he has three inconsistencies that he wants to express to Alana. The first inconsistency (laughs) is if that the pickets have a 100% success and victory rate in war, why were they making so many mistakes on Ran? Yeah, they come in with plans. They know what they're doing. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. Number two, there's an attack on the American city Phoenix by the pickets that kills everybody in Phoenix. They exploited a gap in Batman's defenses uh, that left an opening, got an entire city destroyed. However, and this is, once again, he's the world's smartest man. Yeah. There would have been, according to Terrific, no way that they would have been able to exploit that gap, to exploit that weakness without prior knowledge to it. Right. Also makes sense. Yeah. But then we get number three, and this is the thing that tipped him off immediately to the point that he knew that miss that mr strange was lying about something from the beginning and that was this quote of my life is filled with grief still there boom there we go we lost you yeah welcome back thank you (laughs) Uh, And this quote 
my life is filled with grief does come from the Bible. However, as Mr. Terrific puts it, it is not what you think it is. It is not a quote about feeling sad about the loss of a life. It is regret that somebody pushed and forced you to do something you didn't want to do. Yep. And he hits it with her at the end. Yeah, I mean, she... It's it's just so interesting because she goes along with it knowing she shouldn't. For so long. <laughs> goes along with what? The The whole ploy of him being a good guy not telling any lies. Right? Yeah. I mean, she fell for it like everybody else. Yeah. I mean, she's spreading it on the news. Yeah. <laughs> she's going to bat for him. But once again, yeah. how couldn't she? Yeah. She's seen him bleed for her country. She's seen him unite the, the races of her planet. Yeah, I mean, I'd have loyalty to that. You know, like, I can't blame <laughs> yeah. her for that. And I don't think Mr. Terrific blames her for that either. But he no. wants her, he doesn't want her to live with the grief of thinking that her child's dead because he knows what that feels like. Yeah. You know? Yep. And the revelation is that Adam Strange was tortured he decided that he would give the pickets earth to ensure that his word would be kept. He gave them his daughter. And once earth has been conquered and destroyed, because now as he is the leader of earth's global defense, he can sneakily slide information to the pickets. And this is important because Earth should not be losing this war, even though they are. Yeah. Mr. Miracle comes at her and he says, you think that we couldn't win this war. Earth has been the center of multiple universal and interdimensional threats. In fact, there is nothing that has happened in, in, in Rand's history that even comes close to the threats that we have faced before. Mm-hmm. So we should be winning, but instead our biggest cities are being destroyed. This can only happen if there's somebody on the inside. The inside man is her husband. Oh, yeah. What a fucking thing. You would almost wish that she walked into him sucking somebody's dick. (laughs) I mean, probably worse. (laughs) You know, what is like, is there anything that could be worse to hear? Just crazy. I mean, this 
the just the his character itself is just was written very well. Yeah. Um, and I, I love the line that Mr. Terrific gives where he says, uh, um, your father hid something so well that he actually made us want to find, he made us find one of his secrets so that way his real secret remained a secret. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I loved that. <laughs> I, I saved one quote from her as they're having an argument about, you know, all the shit that's going down. Yeah. Um, when she... <laughs> When she says, it's all a stage view where you get to play the part of some space hero. Why don't you go fetch your bubble helmet so you can fight a big floating head? I'm going to go get a cigarette. (laughs) There's a little more to it, but the cigarette part was like the clincher for me. She's like, I don't have time for this. I'm going to go have a smoke. Gotta go smoke. (laughs) (laughs) But it's something with her character. what, What brand of cigarettes do you think she smokes? What brand of cigarettes do you think tastes most like the planet ran? <laughs> oh, I think she would. Uh, oh, probably Paul Mall. A Paul Mall? Yeah. Bro, she's like married to like world famous, best selling author and space hero. You think she's, she's smoking a, the $4 pack of cigarettes? <laughs> Yeah, because she's a very human character. Yeah, I don't. I think she's going. But she's not a Marlboro man, you know? I'm not seeing the Marlboro in her. I'm thinking that it's more of like an American spirit. Okay, all right. Yeah. I could see that. A little more. That that one felt felt too girly for me, so I didn't go that route. That's fair. That's fair, yeah. Yeah. And she confronts him right away. Oh, yeah. She's great because she takes no bullshit from anybody. No. She even tells Batman to get the fuck up off her property at one point. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And it's the greatest thing in the world whenever uh, she gets it out of him. Yeah. She says, where's our daughter? He's like, eh, here? Well, not here, here. More like orbiting around Mars here. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> he says she's fine. So he's seen her. <laughs> Could you imagine? Could you imagine the person who gave you away to the enemy? Coming to visit you and being like, oh, you look good. (laughs) Oh my God, I'd take it. Be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And she immediately says, we're in over our heads about this. We need to call JLA. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to get their help and go save our daughter. And do you think that if he agreed with that, that she would be like, okay, we could definitely put this aside in the future? 
think so. I think she would have done that. I do too. Because I think she would have understood that he did what he did to protect other people. But by this point, he realized what he did was was wrong. Yeah. Instead, he doubles down. (laughs) Right. Yes, he does. Instead, he doubles down and pulls a gun on his own fucking wife. Yeah. And I think it is the best thing in the fucking universe when she is like, you don't have the fucking balls to shoot me. She completely fucking derails him. She is not threatened by this dude even one bit. Dude, that that panel with the steam coming out of her nose is so good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They didn't even need to have words there. They could have just avoided all words in that panel, and I would have... Known exactly what was happening. This Gerard guy is no surprise, surprise, professional artist knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's a lot to say that they could have taken those word bubbles out, and I would have probably inferred the exact same thing. Yeah. Like it was just perfect. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And that's whenever like the art of storytelling mixed with dialogue in comics is at its peak. Yeah. It's really brilliant. I absolutely love it. Now, of course, there comes a tussle over the gun. Yes, there does. <laughs> and there, and a pew goes off. <laughs> what do you think of the pew? What do you think of the sound effects of the gun? My... My least favorite part of this comic was the sound effects that they used. You didn't love that? I did not. Oh, it felt very so like I just wanted a strong. I wish it was strong. Maybe in that case, it's fine because they're really close to each other. So it's not like. But the fact that those are similar sounds used during like a major war scene. You're like, come on. I just think it's hilarious in the beginning whenever <laughs> they're driving around he has his little finger gun out and he mouths pew, pew, pew. And then like three issues later he's shooting the gun and those are the sound effects. <laughs> yeah. What if it shot out like church pews? Church what? Church pews. Oh. <laughs> What if it what if it's not out that? That would be kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Not bad, right? Not bad. No, that would have been good. And I mean, what do you think about the death of Adam Strange? I thought it was deserved at that point. Oh yeah. I mean he, he had crossed the line, so that was yeah, over. You think? Uh, but you know, because I, I think at that point, he, she didn't care about, it was all about the daughter. Well, and now let me ask you this. Um, did you have a theory about what went down with the daughter? Because the entire time I was reading it for the first time, I thought that they kidnapped his daughter. No, I assumed that he gave her up. Yeah. It, that is one thing that I 
it was probably subtle for most people, but for some reason, as I was reading it, I thought if this is a lie, then his daughter has to be fine and he has to know about it. Yeah. He seemed like a kind of person that wouldn't just let his daughter get away. Yeah. Because if she's kidnapped, what, you know, what incentive do they have to work with him? Well, I figured that it was like the same stipulation, but she was captured instead of yeah. willingly given up. I think I think the reason I didn't go that route is just because of how his personality had been throughout the story. Sure. Uh, I just got that vibe that he really did love her and he wanted to make sure she was okay. But if she's kidnapped, he can't make sure that's the case even if he's being held at the coals right they could kill her at any point in that situation yeah i definitely feel what but you're saying. yeah giving giving her up put them in a spot at the same time where if anything was to happen he would just go guns a blazing well i just i didn't want to believe that he would give up earth like that is what it came down to yeah I thought that he was being like blackmailed into all of this. I, the whole time I was leaning toward him being bad. Yeah. For the most part. And maybe it's because I read it. I started reading it that way. And yeah. it could have just been a perception I came in at it with. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where some of those it is the, plots you connected. Know, it is the like goofiest... Um, uh, what is it like book cover that he uses like mm-hmm. you do not trust somebody that looks that innocent in their own book right exactly <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah that's that's literally like i'll give you a great example right yeah there is so the whole um the sean watson sex abuse thing going on sure. he has a book that he wrote two years ago about how to be you know, good with God and be a good person and this and that. And I'm just like, hmm, let's revise that bad boy. <laughs> what about what about OJ's uh, autobiography, If I Did It? This guy. <laughs> An idiot. <laughs> Bro, you were driving the SUV. Let's cool it. We know it. It's yeah, okay, OJ. You're in prison. Why would you run away from the cops if you didn't do anything wrong? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so then we cut to kind of them reuniting, right? A little yeah, bit more we, of the past, but... Yeah, we got, we got uh, uh, Mr. Terrific putting up a meetup between Alana Strange uh, and the the picket commander that's holding her daughter hostage. Yep. And once again, Alana Strange takes no shit from anybody. Man, what a good panel. <laughs> you know, she just fucking starts killing everybody. Oh, yeah. Ship. Yeah. <laughs> All the gold thrones around them or this whatever is what they I mean. are. This is what I mean whenever I say that, like, Mr. Terrific understands. Because... He not one time lectures her like Batman or Superman would have. No, right. He's just like, what you got to do, man? Yeah, I'm here. You got your daughter. You need, you need help? I got you. Yeah. yeah. 
Yep. Well, I guess he more than anything protects the daughter to make sure nothing happens to her, but... <laughs> well, he's also got the T-spheres that are so strong. I mean, in yeah. the DC universe, they've been known to put a wallop onto Captain Marvel, Cap, uh, Shazam, Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel has super uh, Superman-level strength, so those things can pack a wallop. Mm-hmm. And they uh, escape on their little... A spaceship and they head back to earth and on the way she's like i probably fucked up and condemned my own planet but that's okay i'll go back and deal with that <laughs> <laughs> oh well i would absolutely so for me i think overall i'd probably go like seven out of ten on this hold one. up hold up hold up how about her just dropping her daughter with, with Mr. Terrific? What do you, what? Because <laughs> he's like, because he asks her what her daughter's going to do on Rand. Like, she still, she still won't be safe there. She's like, oh, she, yeah, oh, yeah. Aaliyah's not coming with yeah. you. She's staying with you. Yeah. At first, Mr. Terrific is like, the fuck she is. Yes, yes. And she puts it very succinctly. You know, she's like, uh, actually, you're the reason why she won't have a happy childhood. You're the reason. <laughs> yeah. Why all of this shit happened, bro. Yeah. Why am I dealing with it? <laughs> yeah. He wants to fucking wash his hands clean of that shit. Poor guy. Yeah. However, she does go back and he does accept uh, the guardianship of Lee. I think it's very, very cute. Um, and she's the one that starts quizzing him now. Yeah. You know? Which, unfortunately, he's, you know, similar stuff. He, I mean, he's getting the right answers here, but it still feels like he's having more of a challenge from humans ads- asking him questions. Yes, absolutely. Not these robotic, you know, the T, whatever, are going around him. The T spheres, like, for some reason, a human asking him something causes way more problems than those do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just very interesting. Uh, Cool, like, cool little wrinkle with his character. Like, he almost does a better job communicating with technology than he does a human being. And why wouldn't he? I mean, his yeah. entire thing is is learning. Yeah. You know. And uh, yeah, I do miss some of the daughter in it. I know that was part of the plot. Like that's the thing, right? That's what's happening here. Yeah. But um, I'd love some kind of spinoff where you get to see. Oh, dude, that, that little a little like Mister Terrific and Aaliyah storyline. Yeah, and then you'd have a past where it shows what she went through while she was there. Oh, yeah, that'd be so good. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so it good. It could even be, like, them like them literally sitting in a room together and her telling the story. Yeah, yeah. You know, it could be... I like stories like that sometimes. They don't always have to go somewhere and on a grand adventure as if, if the story's good. No, I definitely agree. However, I would want that to be its own separate thing because you know we talk a lot about show not tell 
And I think what this does is that it shows Adam Strange's dishonesty. Yeah. It doesn't need to show his daughter, him giving his daughter up because it's Mm -hmm. showing us the entire time how dishonest he is. No, and I a thousand percent understand why they wouldn't put that in here. It's one of the few times where like an event in a storyline doesn't need to be specifically shown. No, and that's why I think something not not even this long. It could be a very short run. Yeah. In my opinion, but I mean this could be fun. This is a very short run. This is 12 issues. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the story was pretty strong. Um, I think I was just thrown off because I haven't read any modern ones before. Yeah. Um, so it took me a bit to adjust. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is that these older comics, they use their their text bubbles to describe action a lot. Yeah. Whereas this uses its text bubbles to push forward the story and it tries to allow the art itself to tell what's happening action wise. Yeah. You know, and, and that is a very modern comic thing. You know. Yeah, which I which which did did cause some disconnect with me. Yeah, that's absolutely. one of yeah. the main reasons I like the ones that you've had me read or ones that I've gone out of my way to take a look at. Because uh, they read a little bit closer to the story, right? Agreed. Uh, this one took me out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And it's why it's why I like movies so much. And I enjoyed right. it. I, I started to just look at this as a movie. And that helped me figure it out yeah this is definitely cinematic yeah um that made a difference about halfway through once i pieced that together i was like okay i got it now and who would you pick to be these people if this was a live action oh gosh i should have been prepared for that but i wasn't (laughs) why i don't know why i wasn't that was stupid of me um Oh man. <laughs> uh, well, so for one, I would want the daughter to be played by uh Macy, what's her last name? She played Arya in Game of Thrones. I would Oh, want her to for be sure. Yeah. She'd be the daughter because eventually I imagine she'd be a badass fighter at some point. Yeah. And she'd be great. Yeah. I'd want it to be and different that'd be from nice, Arya. That's like a nice but... little cameo because she isn't in there right. very much. Yeah. You know, but whenever you see her, like, oh, shit, that's her. Yeah. No, a thousand percent, yes. Uh, um, oh. This is a tough one. These are such, like, I'm trying, I'm not trying to just, like, bullshit comic actors right now. I'm trying to get legitimate so, so actors gonna, to hit this you. complexity. I'm at you. Go. Okay, so... For Adam Strange himself, mm-hmm. you need somebody that doesn't necessarily look like a superhero. You want like a, yeah. I think you want like a friendly faced, like modern actor, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you go with somebody like Colin Hanks. 
Scott Eastwood. No, Scott Eastwood isn't up for this. Scott Eastwood sucks. What? Scott Eastwood sucks. That. I don't know about sucks. Yeah, he's not good. You no, I'm we have to pick. I, I I'd be on board with that. Tom Hanks son. That'd be good. Yes, of course you want to pick Tom Hanks son. I mean, if we if it was made in the mid nineties, you'd want to pick Tom Hanks for it. I think Tom Cruise would have gotten the role in the 90s. Oh, my God. No, you are 100% correct. Yeah, that would have absolutely been Tom Cruise's yeah. role. And, and Tom Cruise would, would had... be good for this, too, back then. <sighs> oh, man. Now I'm trying to do it like it's the 90s. And, man, what an incredible cast that would be. <laughs> You'd have freaking Denzel as Mr. Terrific. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, <laughs> Shut up. There's nobody right now better than Denzel. I couldn't pick anybody else. (laughs) Oh, my God. How great. Oh, my God. That's a good one, bro. Yeah. Oh, man. That would be his comic character. Get Denzel, Tom Cruise. Oh, my God. Who would be okay? Who would be the wife if we were doing the nineties? Who would be the oh um? What about what about uh, uh what's her name? Uh, Jesse's wife from Full House. Oh, I have to look it up. I'd have to look that up. I don't remember. Just like her, probably not her though. I don't think that she's up for the. What chat. about Courtney Cox? Courtney Cox. She already yeah. looks like Courtney Cox. Right, well, I, but I think she could pull off that. Yeah, that or vibe. even um, or even um, um, uh, Jennifer Aniston. Like either one of them would be. Yeah, would be great at that time for for Alana. Yeah, because you'd want them to be, you'd want them to be younger, so they'd still have that naivety in them to yeah. want to believe their husband. Yeah. If you got someone a little older, I don't know that you could sell it. Then you need uh, then the director, '90s director. Oh, it's James Cameron. Yeah, there's no other person for that. You have to pick like somebody who excels in special effects. Yeah, that that yeah, it would uh, have to either be either like... James Cameron or like Robert Zemeckis. It would literally be a. Another version. It would be Avatar before Avatar was made into a movie. And better than Avatar. And better. <laughs> the story is better, better yes. than Avatar. Oh, God, yeah. Dude, oh my God, uh, dude. If, um, if, 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 okay, if, I got it. I got listen. it. I know who I would want. Maybe not. Let's, let's say the, let's say the 21st century. If it was made in the 21st century, I'd want her, I want Reese Witherspoon to be her. Oh, terrific choice. She'd be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I also um, think Jennifer Gardner would be great too. I was never a big fan of her, but she'd probably be good at it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just I can't think of the other two though. Like Chris Evans is a choice, but he's not he's I in, think Chris Evans would be a good would be I mean Chris Evans yeah. or even um um What's his name? Who does everybody hate now because he's goes to church on Sundays? Chris Pratt. 
Chris Pratt would be awesome, actually. I think yeah. that would have been a better, that would be better for him than Jurassic Park was. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Everything is better for him than Jurassic Park is. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, Idris Elba could be good as Mr. Terrific. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a handful of African yeah. uh, um, actors that uh, would kill it. Yeah. Idris Elba, uh. Jonathan Majors would be, would be really good. Um, I forget his name, but the dude that's in like every single Jordan Peele movie. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he'd be good. I, I, forget I can't his name. think of his name either right now, but I know who yeah. you're talking about. Yeah. Um, it would be, I think this would be a cool movie now, though. Oh, Just because. Yeah. They've like, one, DC's gone a really weird path. Second, Marvel has just like given into this multiverse BS, and I don't understand what the hell is going on. Um, yeah. I still don't know how you're gonna make one movie to tie all this together. You're not, that's BS. not the point. I hate it. Multiverse of Madness is gonna feed into Quantumania. That's already confusing, just you saying that sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, here's the real confusing part. Okay, so there's gonna be three separate storylines going forward in the MCU. One is supposed to be like on Earth, the other one's in the multiverse, and the other one's in outer space. So, good luck figuring out all that shit. I hate all of it. I hate it. <laughs> uh, but I think for the sake of the multiverse, right, this makes sense. Yeah. I, for DC. I, and, and I think, yes, absolutely. Because the word up on high right now is that DC doesn't want a movie universe anymore. Yeah. You know, they want individualized stories. And I think this is the perfect way to, to, to do that. And I think it'd be something that people wouldn't, most people wouldn't even know who it is. I wouldn't have known who it is unless you made me read this. Yeah. And but we put you, it in our book club. So you put a couple of big names in it. Yeah. Automatically, Dumb. people will want to see it in, in, initially. Uh, yeah, I mean... Oh, man. What about... I just had another one, and I can't remember her name right now, but the girl that plays Marvelous Miss Maisel. Oh, for sure. As the mom. As, yeah, she's, oh, man. She's great. I like her the most. Yeah, she's <laughs> terrific. And she's like the perfect yeah. age for it. Yeah, she's right in that sweet spot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, yeah. Ugh. Patrick, what have okay. you been up to? Uh, um, nothing too much. I started. Uh, I finished Alan Cummings. Alan Cumming biography. Um, that was Alan. Some Gullies. cool stories. Some some cool stories. Um, his was weird because. A lot of times when you read someone's book like that, it feels a lot like a lot of gloating. Yeah. And he talked about a lot of stuff that you could gloat about, but it didn't feel like that. Sure. It just felt like he was thankful to be doing what he was doing. And that was cool to read because I've read <laughs> a lot of those where it's like, oh, well, I was really poor and then I made all this money and I started doing this role and yeah. You know, that's cool. That's not how I'm ever going to live, though. So this, you're just rubbing it in at this point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we finished Murderville. Great time. Yeah. 
real good. It even had like a real good succinct story throughout it. Um, good times. Nice. And, uh, and then I'm in the middle currently reading the Goblin Emperor, which is, is like quite interesting. Book? <laughs> no, no, it's a standalone fantasy book, and. It, the first chapter is literally so this guy is this kid is fifth or sixth in line to become emperor of the of of everyone basically and um the very first chapter his entire family and bloodline dies on a ship so he is thrust into power and he's basically working off of the little bit of knowledge he has and, and then the making the rest of the shit up. <laughs> and he's a goblin? Awesome. Huh? And he's a goblin? Yeah, he's part of the goblin race. Okay. But then there's... It's it's a huge, like, huge landscape thing and a whole bunch of different political parties. And it's even just interesting. He has barely left the room. He has, The funeral hasn't happened. He hasn't even been coronated. But he hasn't even left his room and people are just bringing letters to him and you're learning more of the politics behind it and his dad's old wife is really young so she's trying to get in on it with him to become empress again um so that's kind of where i'm at and it's just another one of those where you don't know who to trust sure um and that he's taken like, the, that's like reading 101 at some point you know what i mean it's like i can't yeah. trust this person i can't trust that yeah. person well yeah and that's that's why i like these heavy sci-fi and fantasy type things yeah because it's always interesting you can never know who to love and who not to love and who could die quickly and who couldn't right uh, so we'll see how that all plays out i'm like Lovely six of the way through that so we're working on it slow slow burn (laughs) it's 600 pages and i'm 100 pages in nice so you know easy math math. (laughs) two plus two equals three by just one that's one quick math (laughs) what have you been up to uh last week very sad day for me um the two shows that I've been watching on a weekly basis ended uh, one day after the other. Uh, Peacemaker oh. final episode, the John Cena led Peacemaker, uh, which was ha- hands down the most entertaining thing I've seen in a long time. We'll be watching it. It's coming it up. Was ridiculous in so many ways, <laughs> emotional in other ways. James Gunn is just such a terrific writer. He's able to to make what appears to be throwaway jokes become like character thesis, you know? Yeah. Uh, And also watched uh, uh, The Book of Boba Fett on Disney+. Plus. Steve enjoyed that. Yeah, I I didn't hate it, you know? I liked it a lot, actually. I, I, yeah. I'm happy that it's over though because I just want my Mandalorian back. Yeah. Yeah. Is that getting another season then? Yeah, it'll be out probably this in December this year. Star Wars. Okay, so that was Star Wars. That was like a filler thing then. Yeah. Star Wars is a uh, is is very much a December thing. Their all their big yeah. movies they release in uh, around New Year's or December. A lot of times they're Christmas Day. 
Yeah. yeah they yeah, do yeah. that a lot. Um, I am excited for this Kenobi show. So this is funny. Uh, so this Kenobi show starring Ewan McGregor is coming out, I believe, on May 24th. And I will watch that one. But that's there's like boys in it. Ton, <laughs> there's a ton of fans that were like protesting because they think that it should be moved up to May 4th. Oh, well, yeah, that, that would be so much better. No, it wouldn't, you fucking putts. What are you talking about? We all know what day that is. Why people celebrate. I don't celebrate it. I know nothing about Star Wars. No, 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 no. And I, I just spoke because I'm thinking of May 4th. I said May 24th. May 25th. Oh. Is when it what? comes out. And yeah. any real Star Wars fan with their fucking true grit, Patrick. <laughs> okay. No. Well, I don't land there, so don't yell at me. No. <laughs> That May 25th is the anniversary of Star Wars. Well, there you go. So no, it shouldn't come out on May 4th, you fucking idiots. Be a fan of something that you claim to be a fan of. Is that your PSA? That's for my, Star uh, Wars fans? That's my, uh, that's my <laughs> MFO this, month, this week. <laughs> that's Steve's birthday, by the way. That's who? That's Steve's birthday. Oh, that's even more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Does he know there that Star Wars came out? <laughs> Does he I know? I'll ask him. That he was born on the anniversary of Star Wars? <laughs> it's the best thing you ever brought into the world. <laughs> yeah, he's going to love that. You know that, right? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't think, I don't know that he knows that, though. Yeah. Huh. Well, this has been a treasure. Yes, it has. What, uh, remind me, what's the next book we're doing? I don't have my agenda book in front of me. Oh, yeah, one second. I can't remember. While you're doing that, I'm just going to let all the Cubs out there know we are on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can pretty much find podcasts. We're adding ourselves to where we aren't already. And make sure you tell your friends, family, leave us a five star. Let us know what you like email us at popculturef at gmail.com popcultureforest at popcultureforest let us know we'll talk about a topic you want to do let us know any questions you have about what we do on a regular basis Uh, keep us in mind help us grow our show the uh, next one that we'll be doing is the Ron and Clint Howard nice biographies so nice that'll be fine that'll be uh mid-april where we will come back with that uh yeah and we'll get a chance to talk about his daughter isla fisher i can talk about her all day (laughs) 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 thank you guys for listening uh thank you patrick for talking strange adventures with me i know it wasn't your i knew i Knew that you would at least love Alana, and that was enough for me. <laughs> I loved her. You know I like my strong female characters. Yeah, exactly. Never a doubt. She's the fucking <laughs> boss. Uh, and as always, Cubs out there, Batista for Mr. Terrific. What if he was a picked? Oh, he's the one that they fucking capture. Yeah. I just want, yeah.
Oh, he could also be one of those rock people. Yeah, yeah, that too. Yeah. There's like he's... limitless possibilities for Batista and Strange Adventures. <laughs> Have a good one, y'all. <laughs> Later, Gators. <laughs>